Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. I am your host, Michael Clark, and today we are continuing our study on if you could, but you can't. We've talked about if you could change the past, we would. There's so many things that have happened in the past that we look back on and say, if I could just have a do-over, I would do it better, and I would not make the same mistake again. But unfortunately, we've realized that we, we just can't do that. Our past is set. We looked last week at the present. How many people have a present circumstance that they would love to no longer have to deal with? An illness, a financial difficulty or hardship. Everybody has something that is causing them strife, frustration. And if we could change it, we would. But we can't. The final thing that we're going to look at this week before we give some good news next week is if you could know the future, if you could know the future, you would, wouldn't you? You would love to know what will transpire next. I mean, I wish I would know what was going to transpire next. And the only real thing that I can tell you that I know is going to happen next is what we're going to talk about because I wrote it down. I don't know what's going to happen to you while you're listening to this. I don't know if a bird will tweet, if a car will pass by, if you'll hear someone mowing their lawn. What I do know is that there are things that we would love to be aware that are coming up and we just can't know them. Things that are yet future. Where will you be in five years? What will your story be? It's a sobering question, isn't it? It's a question that we all have to ask ourselves from time to time is what, what will I look like in five years? What will my job be like? What will my family be like? Let's get a little bit more personal to the spiritual application, which is what we're supposed to be doing anyway. What will your congregation look like in five years? I was somewhere recently preaching on a Sunday, and at lunch, the preacher told me that there was a day where they got a funeral, like almost every day of the week, there was a funeral scheduled. And I've heard of my father-in-law, who one week of his ministry when he was preaching locally in Kentucky, every day he got a phone call about someone having died. That's, that is a harrowing reminder that everything that you and I are doing right now can be gone in a moment. What about the problems that we'll face in the next five years? How many people do you know that their marriages will end? How many people do you know that they'll lose a child or a loved one? How many people will get sick, get into an accident that changes their life forever? I don't know the future, but I know the chances of people that we know dealing with that are incredibly high. 
What about the problems your congregation will face in the next five years? Who will your preacher be? Who will your elders be? Who will your Bible class teachers be? If you could know the future, you would. And we want to know these things, but it's just not possible. Look, only God knows the future. In Deuteronomy 29, 29, the Bible says the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. I'm also reminded of Jeremiah 33 and verse 3, where the Bible says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Well, someone has to know them. Who knows them? Not me. Not you. God. Only God knows the future. So let's think about that for a second. God knows when we'll die. And yes, you will die. It is appointed to men once to die. And after this, the judgment, Hebrews 9, 27. 1 Kings 2 and verse 2, it says, I go the way of all the earth. Well, well, wait a minute, all the earth? Yes. Things die. Living things die. And Psalm 89 and verse 48, what man can live and not see death? Can he deliver his life from the power of the grave? I've heard this story for years. My dad had been in a spelling bee competition, and he lost. He, he got second place. And for whatever reason, and you knew people that are listening to this, you know, the new technological age, there used to be this thing called a paper, and it would be delivered to your house every day. And on the back of that paper, there would be an obituary page. And if you don't know what an obituary is, it's basically a, a small writing about someone who has passed away. Well, for some reason, the people that did the story about the spelling bee decided to put the news of him winning second place on the obituary page. You can imagine why that would be concerning. <laughs> um, when my grandmother got a phone call from one of the members of the congregation and said, what happened to Bradley? It's my dad's name, by the way. If he's told you his name is Buford, don't listen. What happened to Bradley? What do you mean what happened to Bradley? He's, he's sitting in the living room. I don't know what you're talking about. No, he's dead. Um, no, he's not. He's fine. That story, as comical as it has become over the years, has a somber end to it. Even more so now than it did when the story first happened. Because one day, though it may not be on a physical paper passed around to the local area where we live, one day a website will read, Bradley Clark passed from this life on. You think as his son, I would love to know how much time I have left? You think his wife, my mother, would love to know how much time she has left? You think the people that he works with 
Would love to know how much time he has left to serve the congregation through the Memphis School of Preaching. On and on we could go. We don't know. We just don't know. My day is coming. Your day is coming. I don't know when that will be. Genesis 27 and verse 2 says, Behold, now I am old. I do not know the day of my death. In Proverbs 27, 1, it says, Do not boast about tomorrow. You, you don't know what a day may bring forth. You could die. And James 4, 13 through 15 says, Come on, you who say today and tomorrow we will go to such and such a city. Spend a year there. Buy, sell, get gain. We're going to do all of these things. We're going to make a profit. You don't know what will happen tomorrow. What's your life? It's a vapor. It's here for a moment, and then it vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. I don't know when I'm going to die. I don't want to die anytime soon. But I might. Maybe you will too. We can't know the future of when we die. And in reality, though the scriptures tell us, no one knows from experience what happens when we die. All we know is what we've read in the scriptures. But God knows exactly how it happens, and he told us what to expect. You know, if we didn't have the Bible, what could we have done? Sit around with a a think tank and ask people, what do you think happens when we die? What, What about you? What about you? And maybe there would have been some decent insight with such a thing. But in reality, no one would have had a clue. God took the time to tell us some things that happen when we die that can give us great comfort. That event that is yet future, but you don't know when it's going to happen. Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 7 says, The dust will return to the earth as it was And the Spirit will return to God who gave it. I return to God for judgment. That's verse 14 of the same chapter. But if I'm found worthy by the way that I lived my life, redeemed, cleansed, restored, if that's my lot when I go to meet my Maker, then I don't just return to God. I am able to be with God. I gain a great gift then in dying. Philippians 1, 21 through 23. Does that sound familiar? For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor, but what I shall choose I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. That's the whole purpose of this podcast. If you're new, here all the way in season six, shameless plug, go watch the other, watch, wow, go listen to the other five seasons on the Scattered Abroad Network. But that's where we got the title. I was teaching through the book of Philippians back in Somerville, Tennessee, and I wanted to start a podcast. And I was in chapter 1, and I read verse 23, and I thought, far better. 
the life that I get is far better. If I am faithful, I gain a great gift in dying when I return to God. But there's another event that is yet future that only God knows that I don't know when it will happen. I know what will happen as far as what the scriptures teach, but I don't know when it will happen. What happens when the world ends? Well, first of all, that judgment day we were talking about. 2 Corinthians 5.10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad, which, by the way, is a correlation to Ecclesiastes 12.14. We talk a lot about verse 13, fear God and keep his commandments. This is man's all. Mm, verse 14 is just as important. Why do we do this? Because God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Those things that we've done that we think no one knows about, God knows. Those places we've gone that we think no one knows about, God knows. Can we be forgiven for those things? Absolutely we can, but God knows them. And He will bring them up at the judgment day. And if they're unresolved, my, my, what a shame that would be. We'll be judged. But only God knows when the judgment day is. Jesus himself doesn't know when that's coming. Matthew 24, 36 through 42. Only my Father in heaven knows, he said. So this day will be here, but I don't know when it will be here. But there are some things that will happen that we're told in Scripture that really shouldn't be argued. They can be discussed. There can be dialogue. We can have genuine discussions <clears throat> and try to come to a consensus. But we can't argue over what the text says. We can simply study together. There will be a resurrection. In John 5, 28 and 29, Jesus said, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. And 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, a passage that is often read at funerals, talks about we who are alive and remain will be caught up, but those who are not alive anymore, what happens to them? They'll rise again. That's verse 16 and 17. The Lord will descend with a shout, the voice of the archangel, trump of God. The dead in Christ will rise first. And those who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so will we always be with the Lord. The living will be changed. Verses 50 through 58 of 1 Corinthians 15 will be changed, verse 51. In a moment, twinkling of an eye, the last trumpet, it'll sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For the corruptible has got to put on incorruption. The mortal must put on immortality. My body is not fit for eternity, so I need to do something that will make it fit. But God does that for me. I'll be changed. 
the dead will rise, 1 Thessalonians 4.16. Finally, the world will be destroyed. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. The elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. And since all these things will be dissolved, done away with, no longer in existence, finito, gone, complete, passed away, what manner of persons ought you be in holy conduct and godliness? looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Let me ask a simple question. Where did the righteous dwell right now that have gone on to their reward? On earth or in heaven? Where righteousness dwells, I know it can't be this earth because righteousness does not dwell completely on this earth. There are righteous people, but we're a remnant, not the whole. This world will go into oblivion. And I'm okay with that. I don't need to be on an earth physically. I would love to know what the future holds, and I know you would too, but we can't. We're only here for a moment, James 4, 14. Next week, I want to close out this first sermon that's one of my favorites to preach with some good news. Until then, let's please God now so our eternity is far better. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.